Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you've joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. This is part one of Red Thread. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. God is good, church family, all the time. So last week uh, we had first service. We didn't have second service with all that went on. Crazy little bit of weather we're having. But last year we had about 5,000 cans of soup come in without second service and with what hasn't, what we don't know what's come in today and people that are still bringing. 7,657 articles of need for the local pantry. Give God a big hand. That's your generosity, guys. And I just want as a pastor to say thank you. Amen. We received a letter from the local pantry saying, oh, my goodness, it just filled us right up. And uh, it's you guys. That's you guys. Amen. I can teach you how to get you know, 10 cans of Progresso soup for $10 and, and, you know, pasta for 88 cent and pasta sauce for a buck and all that. But you still go out there and do it. Amen. God is good. There's a whole lot of red downstairs. Let me tell you guys, man, those kids are dressed up in red, but it's all good. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get right into the word today. Father, on this, uh, Happy Valentine's Day. We thank you. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God for God is love. Father, your word doesn't say you use love. It says you is, you are love. What a God. Oh, Lord, I would love every Muslim, every Hindu, every Buddhist, every atheist, agnostic, every person on this earth to experience your love, Lord. Your love is overwhelming. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not repentance that leads us to the goodness of God. You did it all first for us. You gave it to Adam and Eve. He said, of every tree, eat freely. Just one, just one. Thank you for your word. Amen. God is good. Why don't you turn over to John chapter 1? I mean, think about that. God says to Adam and Eve, the only two people on planet Earth at the time, eat freely of every tree, just one, don't eat, and they have to go get that one. I'm telling you, you think our, our nation's capital has big fences and barbed wire? Wait till you see Adam and Eve's house up in heaven, right? <laughs> just... Uh, Forgiveness went all the way back to them also. Amen. Amen. So look, we're going to be doing a new series here. Very, very simple. It's called Red Thread. And I believe this is just going to be one of the, you know, preachers, you say that all the time. No, I'm going to take you on a journey. We're going to see something in the word of God that just brought a revelation to me of what we should be looking at in the word of God. And I'm going to let Jesus tell us himself and the apostles, you know, Paul and stuff also. The thing that we find out, you know, there's that old saying, where's Waldo, right? You know, you see that puzzle. In the Bible, we should be saying, 
Where's Jesus? He is found from Genesis 1-1 all the way to Revelation, the last chapter and verse. Amen? Jesus is found throughout the Bible, and God the Father wants to reveal his son to us. As we look at this series, I want us to do just like Jesus did, and that is reveal himself through the word. Jesus is the word. You catch that, right? In John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. But here in John 1, 14, he says it like this. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of judgment. No, he's going to come and judge the world one day. But now he has come full of grace and truth. God's undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. Again, I'm going to say it again. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not repentance that leads us to the goodness of God. Chew on that one. That'll, that'll set you free, I'm telling you. So God's word comes alive to us when we seek God with a pure and open heart. Look at a couple scriptures. If they can put them up on the screen, this is Psalm 21, 25, verse 14. This is the Living Bible, and it says it like this. Friendship with God, watch what it says, is reserved. There's reservations for who? For those who reverence him. With them alone, he shares the secrets of his promises. I like that. I want to understand the word of God, amen? Sometimes I hear some preachers and they'll share and I go, how'd they get that? That's good. Come on, talk to me, guys. Then it says it in the, in the Passion Translation. Catch this, it's so good. Psalm 25, 14. There is a private place. Reserved for the lovers of God. How many are lovers of God? Man, you wouldn't be in here today if you weren't a lover. of. I love God with all my heart, with all my quirks, with all my mistakes, with all my shortcomings. I love God. God is not a Sunday experience to me, guys. He is 24-7. You would call me a Jesus fan. The word fan means fanatic. There's a fanatic, that's me, amen? I love God. Watch what it says here. Lover of God, where they sit near to him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. And right away, that scripture took me right to Mary and Martha, right? Martha gets all upset. Mary's not helping me make this lasagna, the meatball, the brioche. I got it all here and she's just sitting down. But Jesus said, hey, Mary, Martha, Mary chose the better thing. Now, did Mary choose laziness? No. She chose Jesus, amen? And I think if Martha would have went up to Jesus and said to him, Lord, I want to sit at your feet just like Mary. But the brajal and the meatballs and the sausage and the gravy. Notice we don't call it sauce, right? True Italians, uh, like Scott said about two guys. Anybody here remember two guys? Hey, Scott, quite a few hands are going up. All right. Bradley's? Uh, all right. Anyway, that's the message. Because some of the younger people are going, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my. I think Jesus would have multiplied 
the bruschetta, the meatballs, and the sausage. You understand what I'm trying to say? Look at Proverbs 25, verse 2, and we'll get right into this. And this scripture right here brings the revelation of why certain people get certain things from the word of God. Watch what it says. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. And we go, well, doesn't God want everything revealed? What does the scripture say here? It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings. Who's he talking to right here? Us. He is king of kings and lord of lords, right? Watch what it says. But it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. In other words, God, you know, you're going to get a few ripe cherries off a tree, but we need to get up there and pick a little bit too. You understand what I'm saying? And usually the ones that fall on the ground aren't as good as the ones when you get up in the tree and you pick them. Amen? The Passion Translation brings this out very, really good too. This is Proverbs 25 too. God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place. Don't that just go with Psalm 91? He that dwelleth in the secret place. Now, what is that secret place? Oh, I don't know. The secret place is Jesus. It's always Jesus. Everything points to the, to the Savior. Amen? So here he says, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meanings of all that God says. I believe it's Isaiah that says, it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Our Christian faith is all because of one person, and his name is, amen, we all know that. And again, what we're going to see in this series is that it, Jesus is everywhere. From Genesis to Revelation. Why is that so important? Because if Jesus Christ is truly the Messiah and the Savior of the world, then the Bible must prove it. Old Testament and New Testament. Would you agree with me? Church family, there are cults out there that can share, share their, their false gospel better than us Christians can share the true word of God. Amen? And the preachings of Paul and in Jesus Christ himself, they always went right back to the scripture to prove that Jesus was the Son of God. And you see that throughout the entire book of Acts. I want us to look at one story today. I don't know how far we'll get. And it's Jesus walking on the road of Emmaus, all right? So go with me to Luke chapter 24. And I was going to begin right at verse 13, but I, I, I just feel like we need to look right from verse 1. So I'm going to read verse 1 through 12 all together quickly, and then we're going to dive into verse 13 on. Is that okay? All right. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. 
So they went in and they did not find the body of our Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said, you ever notice when angels appear, people bow, amen? They're not, oh, hey, my little buddy over here, angel. Ridiculous foolishness. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead. What a powerful statement, right? Why, why are you seeking? He, he is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee saying, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified. And on the third day, rise, rise again. And they remembered his words. They remembered his words. They remembered his word. How quickly we forget things, church family. Is that the truth? They forgot. They're going there with the, the ointment and the spices for burial. But now they remembered his words. And they returned from the tomb. And they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. And it was Mary, Madeline, Jonah, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Here Jesus preached over and over, I'm going to rise on the third day. And the men didn't show up. The ladies showed up. Ladies, Give you a big hand today. Amen. Religion always wants to put ladies down. God wants to raise you up. Amen. Give me a better amen today. Amen. God uses all people. Amen. All right. Keep going on. And their words seemed to be like idle tales. And they did not believe them. But Peter arose, he ran to the tomb, he stooped down, he saw the linen cloth lying by themselves, and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. Now I want to begin. Let's go to verse 13. Everybody there? All right. Now behold, two of them were traveling. Two of them, <clears throat> followers of Jesus, were traveling that day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Remember, most of their Getting around was walking, all right? So seven miles, you know, we can walk, what, three, four miles an hour? So this is a couple-hour journey. And they talked together of these things which had happened. So it was while they were conversed and reasoned, so they're talking about what just happened in Jerusalem, that Jesus himself, underlying that, not an angel here, but Jesus himself. He is now the exalted one. He is the one that's above everything. But he has time to stop and talk to Mary Madeline. He's got time to meet these two guys. And he's got time for you, and he's got time for me. Can I get an amen? Watch what it says. He drew near. So just picture the scene. The two guys are walking. Jesus just comes behind. Hey, guys. How's it going? And the three of them are now walking together. But their eyes were restrained that they did not know him. And he said to them, <laughs> just sometimes we put God in this, this, oh, he's so, he, wa he wants to be with his creation, amen? His love is beyond words. And he says to them, Jesus, the one that's in charge of everything now. 
what kind of conversation is this that you are having with one another? And you walk and you're so sad. Then the one whose name was Caiaphas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in all Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened in these last few days? And he said to him, What things? <laughs> this is Jesus talking to these two guys. What things? What's going on? And they said to him, The things concerning, watch what they say, Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word, before God and all people, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. So they're talking to this guy. We know it's Jesus, but to them it's just a stranger. Like, don't you know what's going on? Here's what's going on. My chief priest, the one that I, I believed in, they crucified him. Look what he says now. They say, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. What do you, what do you sense right there? Hopelessness? Here for three years? Can you imagine following this? I, you know, when I use guy, you understand, I say it in respect. But here they don't know who he is. They're following this Jesus. He's opening blind eyes. He's, he's feeding 5,000 plus women and children. The miracles, John said, if everything was written down that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in all the world. So we're only getting a little glimpse of the miracles that Jesus did in these three years. But we were hoping that he was going to be the one who redeemed Israel. And indeed, now watch. Besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company, so they had to have heard from Mary Madeline and the other ladies, who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find this body, they came, came, came saying that they have also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Boy, there's some good suspense here, right? Then he said to them, <laughs> stranger saying to these two guys, oh, foolish ones, watch what Jesus does. Watch what he does, guys. And slow to heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Do you remember when the rich man was in the uh, in in hell and he said, "Would you send somebody up there?" And what did Jesus say? You got Moses and the prophets. Visions aren't going to save you. Seeing angels aren't going to save you. It's the word of God that gets people saved. Watch what he says. Then he said to him, a foolish one and slow to heart, to, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered those things and to enter his glory? Now watch verse 27. And beginning at Moses. Where did he start? Moses. What are the books that Moses wrote? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Went right to the beginning. Right to the beginning, and all the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Amos, on and on, all the prophets, he expounded to them 
in all the scriptures concerning himself. Let me just give you a couple scriptures real quick. Jot them down. In the writings of Moses, Genesis 3.15, I'll put enmity between you and her, right? Then over in uh, uh, Genesis 12.3, Abraham, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. And in you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. America, you better start blessing Israel. You better, Mr. President, pick up that phone. Call the prime minister of Israel. Let's continue on. Numbers 21.9. As Moses lifted up the serpent, you remember? So shall the son of man be lifted up. Deuteronomy 18.15. God is going to raise one up like unto Moses, but a great prophet. Right? Jesus said in John 5.46, if you want to see it real quick, just flip over there. Watch what he said. For if you believe Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how would you believe my words? What a slap in the face to these Jewish people because Whose writings did they study all their lives? Moses and the prophets. And here he says, either you believe them, but if you don't believe them, then you're not going to believe my words, right? All right, let's continue on. Luke 24, we're up to verse 28. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. They still don't know who this is, right? And he indicated that he was going to go further. But they constrained him. They probably pulled him. No, 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 no. You're coming with us. They're saying, abide with us, for it is close to evening. The, the day is far spent. And he went in and he stayed with them. Now it came to pass, watch this, as he sat at the table with them. Look what he does. Just like Melchizedek did, right? He took bread. Just like we did a little few minutes ago. He broke it. He blessed it. He gave it to them. And it was in communion that their eyes were open. It was as they communed with this man, as we know, Jesus, resurrected now. Me and Diane are doing an intense study on the book of Revelation together. Videos going to the different churches on and on. Um, over in Turkey and all. And the thing is, when Jesus appears in Revelation, he doesn't appear like this anymore. He appears with his hair white, ancient of days, fiery eyes, king of king and lord of lords, right? Watch. Then their eyes were open, and, he, and they knew him. And watch what he does. He vanishes away. What's going on? Keep going on. Remember this, when you're receiving communion, communion reveals Jesus. That's why it's two-part. The body for our body, the blood for our forgiveness. Amen? And look what they said. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to 
us. So they rose up that very hour. They returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told him about the things that had happened on the road and how he, how he was known to them in breaking of bread. Everybody with me? Go down to verse 44. Then he said to them, all of them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things, all things which were written in the, here we go, law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. Isn't that interesting? Jesus didn't come up and go, here I am, boys. Here I am, ladies. You remember three days ago, you saw me dead on the cross. Look at me. He went over himself throughout the entire Old Testament. Watch this. Go to Acts chapter 28 and verse 23. Paul is asking here for the leaders to come and meet with him and watch what Paul does here. Acts 28, 23. Everybody there? So when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God. How? Persuading them concerning Jesus from the, from both the, say with me, the law and the prophet from morning to evening. Guys, what I want to try to achieve in these, I don't know how much time, I don't want to put a limit on it, could take us the rest of our lives to see Jesus. I mean, when I talk about Jesus in Genesis, I'm just going to hit one. There's probably a thousand. He's all over the place. Amen. Yes, Jesus and others from the very beginning of the Bible at the first five books of Moses, continuing in all the scripture that he was there on every page. He was there in every book of the Bible. Sometimes he was there in types. Sometimes he was there in shadows. And sometimes he was there in prophecy. Amen. Are you with me, guys? Jesus is the red thread, the scarlet thread of redemption, woven all throughout scripture, that thread goes through. That's how we know that he is truly the Messiah. Let me show you scripture. Go to Colossians chapter 3, excuse me, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. 17 is the main scripture, but ooh, 13, 14, 15, and 16 are so good. Ever just say, you read a scripture and go, oh, that's good. Let me look a little in front of it. A little after, oh, that's good. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Colossians 2.13, ready? And you, everybody say me. Being dead, say I was dead. In my trespasses, in the uncircumcision of my flesh, he has made alive. He has made alive. He has made alive. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It is not the repentance that leads us to the goodness of God. 
It's always God doing the first work. Always. It's his goodness that makes me look within and say, Lord, I need to change this. Lord, I need to work on this. And you being dead in the trespasses, the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you some of your trespasses. What? You have a different translation than I have. All means what? Everyone. Quit thinking about sin all the time and think about being a son of God. A child of God who he loves that knows is going to make mistakes. But it's his goodness that makes you say, Lord, forgive me, I messed up here. Watch. Having wiped out the handwritings of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way. How did he take it out of the way? All of our sins. How did he take it out of the way? Nailed it to the cross. Here. I got a question for you. Go find the cross. Go find the cross. Go ahead, find it. You'll never find it. So if he nailed it to the cross, you're never going to find all my past sins and every other mistake I made. Amen? Now, I know growing up, they said, I, you know, I had the little thing here to cross, and there's a little piece of wood in there, and they said, oh, that was the original wood from, from Jesus' cross. You liar. You know how many splinters of wood you would need over 2,000 years? Superstition is a terrible thing. You need to really watch that stupidstition, amen? Really got to watch that stuff. They kind of put all these... Hexes and curses when I was growing up for doing this or doing that and had the, the, the look like a pepper hanging in my, my, my car and you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to get into all of it. Here we go. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them. How? How did he disarm them? Triumphing over them. Me and Diane years ago had the privilege of going to Rome. And one of the most exciting places to go to was the ancient city of Rome. The rest of Rome was filthy. It was like an inner city look. But the ancient city, when we walked in, you saw the arches of Titus. And it was when Titus defeated the Jews, Israel, in 70 AD, he brought all the treasures that were in the, the, the temple to Rome, and they have it all carved out. They built this humongous monument in honor of Titus as he came back. And you see the menorah, you see all the golden things that were taken. Look what he says here. He made a public spectacle triumphing over them. In other words, he stripped Satan of his authority. Now, Satan's still alive. He's still out there. He is the prince of the air. He is the principality, power, rulers of darkness, speed, all of that. But Jesus Christ has stripped him of his authority. Jesus went into the bowels of this earth and defeated him. When the devil was celebrating for three days and three nights, we did it. We won. I will exalt my throne above the heavens. You remember that over in Isaiah? I will. I will. I will. I will. And he's having his good old time and dancing and partying with all his demons and fallen angels and on and on. 
When that light of Jesus Christ, when Jesus was the firstborn among brethren, when Jesus walked into Abraham's bosom and led captivity captive and brought all the Old Testament saints to heaven, Satan was stripped naked. The only authority Satan has over us is the authority to deceive us. Lie. The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or in regarding a festival of new moon or Sabbath. Watch what he says now. Which are a shadow to come. But the substance is of Christ. Jesus is the true substance found from Genesis to Revelation. I heard an, an author say it like this. A shadow is out of proportion when it hits you on an angle, right? But as the sun continues to rise, the shorter, the shorter and more revealing my shadow becomes. At mid-morning, when it is at 45-degree angle, my shadow is in perfect shape of my body. As I continue to stand in place, and when the sun reaches its zenith, at high moon, the shadow disappears and only my body is seen. So it is with the revelation of Jesus in the Bible. When the sun of revelation begin, begins to shine way back in the early chapters of Genesis, the shadow is dim and a bit faint. As the chapters unfold and more and more light appears, Christ comes into sharper focus. By the time we get to Isaiah chapter 53, there appears the perfect shadow of the one who would be smitten by God, afflicted, wounded for our trespasses, bruised for our iniquities, and as, and as a lamb to the slaughter. When we turn the page from Malachi chapter 4 verse 6 to Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, it is now high noon on God's, God's clock. The shadow disappears. And what do we see? We see Jesus. Us. No more shadow, no more types, no more prophecy, just Jesus. Again, Jesus said in John 5.39, you search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. John 46 and 47, for if you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how would you believe my Words. So what I want to do in the next few weeks is just take you on a great adventure throughout the Bible and see Jesus and see what he, he has done for us and is still doing for us today. I want you to look up one more scripture. Go to Acts chapter 17. I want us to be as a church like the Bereans who made sure that what was spoken by Paul was spoken by Peter, was spoken by Pastor Tom, lines up with the word of God. Watch what it says here. Acts 17.10. I want you to see for yourself. Everybody there? Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. There, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of God with readiness, just like you today. I want the word. I want to get into the word. But watch what it says. And they searched the scripture daily 
to find out whether these things were so. Church family, there are too many voices out there today. Use you that are glued to social media. I, I've cut it out big time in my life, big time. But if you're just listening to this guy now, now what's the next date? March 4th that Trump is going to come and take over? Can I prophesy to you? It's not going to happen. We are at the point of no return. Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. Get your eyes focused on Jesus. Get your eyes on the word. Get your eyes... How do I know that? Because the scripture says in Ezekiel 38 and 39, no one will stand up for Israel when they come in against them. If President Trump was president, he'd be standing up for Israel. But the new administration will not. So we're seeing scripture fulfilled before us. Let's stick with the word of God. Let's make sure that what we're hearing lines up with the word of God. Let's hold on to the truth that we have from Genesis to Revelation, that he is risen and that he is coming back soon. We are at warp drives, church family. I said to Diane yesterday, we are at the point of no return. This isn't going to turn around anymore. The world is getting darker. Light is dark. Black is white. White is black confusion, cancel everybody out. But our eyes are on Jesus. So you know what I have to say for us? Everything's going to be okay. Amen? So for those that are with me in the morning as we pray together, we've gone to three hashtags now, right? The first one is, the second one is, warp speed, and the third one is, Scripture must be fulfilled. Amen? Amen? So let's, and I'm not, you know, I'm not standing up here saying it's going to be an easy ride. I don't know how much we're going to see pre-tribulation, how much we're going to see during our time. There might be some. Be prepared for it. You're seeing what they're doing on all the social media platforms, people that are, are doing it right. Amen? Hold on. As I taught you a few weeks ago. That roller coaster can get a little crazy sometimes. But when we get off this roller coaster, you're going to be in a great place. It's called heaven. Amen, church family? I love you. I love you dearly. But I love the word of God. And I'm tired of being deceived. Amen? All right, let's close in prayer. Father God, we do thank you today that we're, myself as the pastor in this congregation and those that are on Facebook with us and Twitter or um, YouTube or whatever, we want to see Jesus today. Oh, Lord, you've given us such amazing scriptures to keep us hungry, Lord. Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. With them alone, he shares the secrets of his promises. God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding places of his glory. But the honor of king is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deep meanings of all that God has said. Lord, we're going to search. We're going to 
look at scriptures. We're going to see Jesus. And we're going to know by the time we're in, and by the time we end with this, Lord, that he truly is the Son of God. He truly is the Messiah. As I wrap up today, church family, I thank you so much for being here today. Thank <laughs> We didn't get ice or snow that we could be together today. But church family, do you have the revelation of Jesus Christ? Do you see him as Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior? And if you say no, I don't, Pastor, then please make that decision today because we are at warp speed, church family. We are at warp speed. Things are happening so quick. I don't know how much longer we got here. And I don't want anyone left behind that I have an opportunity to share my voice, to hear my voice. As my brother Augie said about his dad, when he confessed him as Savior, it brings peace. Oh, there's still tears. They're still missing your loved ones. But boy, they're in a far better place and we're going to see them again soon. So today, if you're here and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and you would like to make that decision, then pray this very simple prayer with me. Remember, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. If you've never asked Christ into your heart, say this with me. My dear God in heaven, I believe today that Jesus Christ, he is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I repent of my sins, and I thank you for the forgiveness that you offer. I thank you that today I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. No one looking around will be done in two minutes. But if you're here today and you have never prayed that prayer before and you did it today, I want to say congratulations. I'd like to just give you a free gift before you leave. No charge for it. It's our gift to you. If you're accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, in a moment I'll ask you to raise your hand. I won't ask you to stand or come to the front, but one of our altar workers will give you this gift. Amen. So if you're here today and you have never asked, the King of Kings, to come into your heart. Or maybe you have, but you're not living for him. You would like to rededicate your life today. Or maybe you're not sure yet, but you would still like this little package before, we, before you leave. That with no one looking around, it's between you, Almighty God, myself, and one of our altar workers. Would you just go ahead and lift your hand up? Let me see it. After I see it, I'll tell you to put it right back down. If you don't have that complete assurance that if you were to die today, you'd be in heaven with Jesus, oh, make that decision today. Because eternity is a long time to be wrong. If that's you, just slip in the receiving the Lord for the very first time, rededicating your life, or you're just not sure yet. All right, then we're all Christians. Let me close in prayer. Listen, church family, let's stop trying to build our paradise down here, amen? 
Our paradise is waiting for us. We're not of this world. We are ambassadors of the kingdom. The ambassadors are the first ones to go before a war breaks out. We're getting out of here. No man knows the day or hour, but our eyes are upon him. Father, I thank you for this day, and I always thank you for your blessings, your goodness, your grace, your love towards us. And I thank you for each and every person that's here today, each and every one that is online with us, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that you have made us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that in all our ways and endeavors that we are greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved, that we are blessed to be a blessing. Church, since you're blessed, go be a blessing today. Amen. God bless. See you Wednesday night online.